It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Resolution there. But yeah, hope everybody's had a good time. It's, it feels like it has been forever. It honestly, really has. So. I got to get back in the rhythm here, I guess. Uh, I was telling Chris, uh, we were not doing this for a week and a half. I felt very clunky all morning long. So mm. hopefully fall back <laughs> into rhythm. Did, did you m- make it all the way to the end of the Sugar Bowl last night? Somehow. Somehow. I am freaking paying for it today, though. I, I hate I hate to be the yelling at my clouds guy, but whew, we got to move that thing up a little bit. The Rose Bowl. It, it, it screws everything up. That traditional 2 o'clock start, I could care less about your California sunset. Kick that thing off at 4 o'clock like all the other playoff games. Yeah, it's um, it's bad, man. But, I, I mean, so I'll be honest. Third quarter, I was, like, doing the dad on Thanksgiving <laughs> afternoon, like, do, dozing nodding off. off. Like, nod. Dude, I was straight <laughs> up nodding off. And... um. Then I, I kind of perked up. I was like, well, you made it this far. Try to finish the thing. <laughs> and um, I really want to know if Chris Clark made it through. He did not. What do you think? He did not. <laughs> I was, no, no, was going to guess no. <laughs> let, me, let me say, the, the reason is I couldn't pull back to back. New Year's Eve, uh, I made it. Yeah, yeah. Two I days made in a row is tough. Two days <laughs> In my, my current state, it is tough. So well, I made you, it New you Year's had, you, Eve. You had to stay up to watch Megan the Stallion perform on New Year's Eve, right? That was, I mean, I set an alarm and everything. Priority number no, one. Seriously, I, it's so bad. My wife and I literally set an alarm in case we fell asleep so that we could wake back up That, that at like 11.55. But we that, made it. Nobody fell asleep. That's very much a parent move right there. Yes, it was. So, yeah, didn't, didn't get to make it. So caught up on the second half of... Uh, Texas, Washington this so, morning. Uh, funny enough, last night, and of course, I pull all the sound for our shows and stuff like that, so I stayed up to make sure I got some good sound for our shows today in, in reference to last night's game. And when I, I just wanted Washington just run the dang ball, get some clock going there um, in the fourth quarter, and they kept throwing it, kept throwing it. And then, you know, when they have to punt the ball back to, to Texas and they get the ball back with 45 seconds to go, and I forget what happened. I think it was that first play when they started moving the ball down the field. I just... I, loudly said like are you kidding me my wife was asleep already at that point in time and she rolls over like what happened I'm like nothing this game might end up going on longer than I thought it was going to be and fortunately Washington ends up holding on and, and picking up the victory there but yes a a, a one o'clock ending for a semifinal game is a little bit ridiculous so let me just say as someone who had no rooting interest whatsoever for either team I got so freaking nervous for for Washington yeah. during that final drive because you're just like, this would be an all-time mm. uh, loss. And, and all I could really think about, honestly, was like what would happen if – because, you know, Washington's not a, not a blue blood. What, what would happen if South Carolina was in this position? And by all intents and purposes, you have the game mm-hmm. locked up. And then just a fluke, silly thing um, with the clock stopping 
due to an injury, which I'll be honest, I was even racking my brain. I was like, what is actually supposed to happen here? And so clock stops. Texas was going to have one play at most. Yeah, it bought them about 30 to 40 extra seconds, roughly. But is, that's huge yeah. in, uh, in college football. And so I, I'm sitting there like, man, this would be an all-time way to lose a game if you're Washington. And then, you know, then to, to, to sort of put a blunder on top of it where you bump into the guy trying to catch the punt. It's like you could see, like, of all the – like, if, if if Texas had a 1% chance of winning the game at that point, probably less statistically, you could see, like, the uh, all the little things that were going to have to happen starting to stack up, and you're like, no way. Is this – are we about to witness this? We almost did. Yeah, almost. And, again, Washington able to hold on there, and now we got a, a final Pac-12 Big Ten – a national championship coming up on Monday, and we'll have plenty of time to dive into all that as that game gets closer. But we were off for about a week and a half there. Some things did happen in the transfer portal over the course of the past couple of days, and I believe today is the last day of the first portal window, and obviously we'll have another one that opens after the national championship for teams that are in the college football playoff. But the first wave of the window does end up closing today, and we did have a little bit more activity out of South Carolina over the course of the uh, few days off there for Christmas with Stone Blanton entering himself into the transfer portal on December the 27th. So one more body less in the linebacker room for South Carolina going forward now. Yeah, man, and and just for clarity, if you're South Carolina, you you need to survive today. Um, you know, and then it's all about adding guys. And so even if the window is closed, you can still add guys that are, have not made their final decisions. Also, kind of little intricacy here. Any bowl team that, uh, you know, played over the weekend, any team in the national title game, there's a five-day extended window from after their bowl game. So still a possibility for guys to be added to the portal even after today if you fit in that unique circumstance of playing in one of these later bowl games. So there's a five-day extended window just for those teams. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. But Stone, this one, you know, Frankly, as much as we have our uh, fingers on the pulse, uh, I would like to think of the program. This one came a little bit out of nowhere. You know, when it when it happened, we had heard. You know, we got a little bit of a heads up, but it was kind of it wasn't like something we were tracking for a, a long period of time. And you know, typically, I, I think when you have a guy starting, you know, and and seemingly has had a good experience at South Carolina. Kind of went as planned at South Carolina. So, you know, I think even young guys, even when they make maybe decisions that are too sort of rash or, or quick, a lot of times it's, you know, maybe they came in and they thought, oh, I'm going to be the man here. And then they just aren't right off the bat. With Stone, come in, true freshman. You play as a rotational guy. You have sort of that learning experience year one. And then go into year two, you are the starter at middle linebacker. And, you know, that was even with the guy like Mo Kaba at the time before he got hurt coming back as, as you know, a former starter. So this one to me was a little bit more, nothing shocking anymore. A little bit yeah. just more maybe surprising. surprising. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're going to see more of this. Um, 
Well, something you say often is like not all transfers are created equal, and that has been the case even before the proliferation of the transfer portal, like the explosion of the portal and NIL. That was always the case. But, you know, I think I made this comparison a couple different times. Like seeing Kenny Irons in 2006 playing for Auburn when he transferred from South Carolina, like an SEC to SEC transfer, that was weird. You know, now it's just another day seeing something like that. And so as as this thing has continued to grow and expand and having the ability now, as of right now, to transfer really as many times as you want, you're going to see more of this. Um, you're going to see more of, hey, that guy was playing, you know, or, hey, that guy's only been there a year. Hey, that guy was a big, you know, ambassador for the class when he was a recruit, you know, things like that. And then they're going to end up transferring. You're, you're going to see more of it because there's a clear path to do it. And it's not, it just goes to show it's not always about playing time. You know, sometimes it's about getting back closer to home. Sometimes it's about a relationship or something going on back home, or it's about you know, any number of things. And so it's, it, you know, often we kind of try to simplify it and say, well, that guy's playing. He should stay there. But there's uh, there's other factors in it. And in the past, whereas you would just have to deal with those or maybe you'd be more inclined to write it out, now you have a path where it's easier to leave, more amenable for these pro- players to leave. And you mentioned getting back closer to home. Obviously, Blanton from Mississippi and Ole Miss and Mississippi State were two of the uh, key teams uh, in his recruiting coming down to the wire there. When you look at Mississippi State, had a good linebacking core this year with Nathaniel Watson and Jed Johnson. Watson gets set go off to the NFL, so potentially a spot uh, landing for him there at Mississippi State if that's where he ends up deciding to go. But when you look at the effect that this has for South Carolina, linebacker is a spot that has a decent amount of depth right now. But when you talk about and we don't really know what the base of the defense is going to be next year, likely could be the 3-3-5, three, three, which we saw them implement a little bit more as season went along. Uh, this is potentially another spot where maybe you're looking at adding an extra body in the transfer portal now that Stone Blanton has left. Yeah, for sure, man. And they, they had already sort of explored linebacker a, as a portal option and uh, ha, had maybe done some some work with some guys. But then, you know, I, I think you looked at it at one point. You looked at it and said, hey, they're in, they're in a good spot here at linebacker. Now you look at the loss of Stone the potential loss of other players there, and you look at it and you say, you know, you're going to probably need a guy at, at linebacker. And and luckily they have already, like I said, done that groundwork there and, and sort of started to make some moves there. The portal, you got to evaluate guys uh, whether, whether you think you're going to need that spot or not. You have to go ahead and start evaluating players there, and, and they were able to do that. So I, I would imagine that starts to become a little bit more clear you know, in the coming days, this is going to be a big couple of weekends for South Carolina. These January weekends have kind of replaced the old January high school recruiting weekends. I remember January going into February signing day used to be massive for high school recruiting. Get the last visit. Get these guys on campus. You would see kids take two, three January weekend visits. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have, uh, and and actually starting tomorrow for South Carolina, you're going to have a solid kind of week and a half of visits before you lead into South Carolina actually starting, you know, there there is still an academic calendar involved here, believe it or not. So, 
starting class in uh, I guess about a week and a half too. Yeah, it's um, that that's and that's been one of the things when you look at. I had somebody tell me the other day made a good point. Like, hey, can we not just move this window a little bit? And it's right that with Christmas and bowl season and like end of year and then you know transfer portal and the recruiting calendar, it, it is hard in December to fit all those things in. But the academic calendar is something that gets lost in all this, right? If you say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to move the transfer portal window. We're going to shorten it and we're going to move it until after Christmas. Okay, well, school, like report dates, early January, first day of class, early January at most places. And so you run into some problems there. So everything's just really condensed right now. It's definitely different than it was in the, you know, 2012, 2013 recruiting class where you've, you've got everything a little bit more condensed. The, the window for visits is shrunk, but I think we'll see several guys, prospects on campus this week once things open back up. We do have a couple of prospects that are confirmed to be on campus coming up here in the next couple of days. We'll dive into some of those coming up. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and Chris Clark along with you on this Tuesday here on The Game and the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and Chris Clark along with you on your Tuesday morning looking in to all things Transfer Portal. As Chris mentioned a moment ago, the contact period reopening tomorrow, January the 3rd. And one area of this roster that uh, many are asking the question of when South Carolina is going to potentially add another body is, of course, the offensive line, which was the source of many struggles for South Carolina this past offseason. Over the past couple of days, a pretty notable name in the transfer portal, that being Percy Lewis, offensive tackle from Mississippi State, did name South Carolina as one of his eight finalists for his potential landing spot. South Carolina looking to bring him in for a visit, hopefully here soon. But a guy with good size, six foot eight, three hundred forty-five pounds, put up some very, very good uh, numbers at left tackle this season for the Bulldogs, only surrendering six pressures and one sack this season. That being to Alabama for the, uh, the Bulldogs out there in Mississippi State. Yeah, several names out there on the offensive line that, uh, you know, we've been kind of tracking, I would say, the last week or so. Um, lots of guys at receiver, lots of guys at quarterback as well. Um, you know, Percy Lewis, Aaron Parks is a guy we've been tracking. Um, there's a kid from Furman we've been keeping an eye on, uh, Pearson Toomey, and... I'd imagine there's a chance other guys pop up as well here. And it, it seems to me, Chris, it's kind of been more along the lines of maybe best available on the offensive line. Like, I, I think I think you'd love to add an offensive tackle, if nothing else. But I also don't know if you can get extremely picky uh, about it. I, I think it's more about who, uh, you know, who can you land overall – that you feel like can get into that rotation and help you. And, um, you know, frankly, in, in today's college football world, the uh, the NIL piece is always going to be a factor as well. So some of it with these portal recruits is going to just depend on what uh, kind of what they're looking for. Yeah, it, it was a position where South Carolina was open to taking a player before Jalen Nichols departed the roster. Once he did, it became even more of a need, right? It, it goes from more from, hey, we'll, we'll bolster the roster here if possible to probably need to bring in a guy. 
Now, you have some candidates to start there. I mean, Tree Babalade, as a true freshman, started at left tackle. You've got Kaysen Henry at right tackle who's battled injuries. You've got other candidates in that mix. But being able to bring in a guy to play left or right tackle, whether it's depth or maybe you find a guy and you say, hey, this guy could start for us out of the portal, that that's a good thing, right? And so um, most of the guys that they the staff seems to be looking at in the portal are more along the lines of a tackle. But they've also been open to potentially taking an interior lineman who could maybe play center, right? Because you look and you Nick Gargiulo no longer on the roster after exhausting his eligibility. Vershawn Lee started several games at center, but ended up moving out to right tackle. And so maybe you say, hey, well, you know, if we could land a center, we slide Vershawn out to right tackle. It seems like most of the uh, most of the guys they've been looking at recruiting out of the portal are more of tackle types. And so that seems to be a little bit more of a priority right now. Yeah, and I, I think overall, man, I, I still maintain they're in a better spot on the offensive line than what you would think from looking at the team on the offensive line this past year. And the, the reason I say that is when you're recruiting guys out of high school on the offensive line, you're really not recruiting them for now you're recruiting them for a couple of years from now. And so uh, I think the guys who are having to play this year or some of the guys, you know, you look at Marky Anderson who was injured this past year as a true freshman, those guys are going to, for the most part, make up the core of their future offensive line, I think. And so I, I, I keep seeing this take like, hey, where's the offensive lineman? Where's the offensive lineman? Yes, they need to add a guy or two to help supplement that position, especially with the loss of Jalen Nichols. And you can never have too much depth there, as we saw this past season. However, I, I don't think it's some dire thing where you're just going to build the offensive line from the portal. I've said it time and time again. You're building the offensive line by getting guys like Tree Babalade, Troy Ball, Marky Anderson, Josiah Thompson coming in this week. Uh, they're starting um, All-American Bowl practice out there. Today, he's a five-star tackle, you know, one of the best in the country. And so... I think it's a little bit more nuanced conversation as far as that the roster spot there than just, oh, go get five guys from the portal. Elsewhere, uh, wide receiver position, Amari Huggins-Brice going to be coming in for an official visit coming up later on this week. Junior wide receiver from Louisville, local kid from the uh, Dillon area. And we talk about Jaden McGowan opting to not come to South Carolina uh, the other week uh, and flipping his commitment there. Uh, still looking to maybe add, an, add another guy in the slot, and Amari Huggins-Brice uh, would fulfill that need. Uh, 5'11", 170 pounds, junior out there from Louisville. Yeah, uh, Amari, a guy who um, you know I think South Carolina is in fantastic shape with. And um, you also, Chris, you have a Gage uh, Larvadane, hopefully saying that correctly. You got it. Um, I've only verified that by watching YouTube clips and listening okay. to announcers say his name. Well, yeah. there are some pretty good clips of this kid yeah. out there. So I, I think, you know, obviously uh, with Amari Huggins-Bruce, they're in a good spot there. And then it, it is. it seems they're in a, a good place with Larva Dane as well uh, coming into a, a visit this weekend. So you could go ahead and start to check off a, a couple of those boxes. Then I, I think it's about, all right, who else could you supplement that position with? If you kind of check off those two boxes, uh, you got Jared Brown coming in as well. Um, can you maybe get a little bit bigger receiver mm -hmm. to tack on to those guys? And 
I do I do kind of agree with the take that you, you need at least one bigger guy in there. But I also kind of think pushing back on that a little bit, Chris, there's just not a ton of big receivers in the portal who can run and separate the way you have to to play ball in this conference. And the ones that are are like everybody, you know, an Evan, Evan Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. 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 A guy like that, yeah, of course you want him. Um, however, you know, you look at, I, I think, um, who's again, Noah Rogers just hit the portal from Ohio state. He would fit the bill. Yes, he would. Six um, to 190 pounds. He, uh, he was on my personal wish list just as a prospect out of <laughs> high school. Like I was like, man, yeah. this guy is good and, uh, ends up going to Ohio state. There's some buzz. He may be going back to the state of North Carolina. Dude, if NC state pulls him. Ooh. Like there NC State has quietly positioned themselves very well, uh, I think, moving forward. Um th- there were some connections there with Justin Stepp, you know, with him out of high school, with that staff there. Um so I, I've I've heard, you know, maybe South Carolina checks in there. I think it's probably a long shot. Yeah. But um, you know, we'll see Elijah Surratt is out there. Um He's got some size. He does. Um Jabre Barber is more in the tune of more like Huggins, Bruce, or Larvardane. Yeah. So I, I think if you look, I agree with you. You can't go so all in on we've got to add some size. to. At some point, you just got to say, let's add some quality receivers. We need good players here. <laughs> now, you don't want to take a roster full of 5'10", right? Mm-hmm. But you think about what South Carolina had. They had Jared Brown. They, or they still have. They they had Jared Brown and Jaden McGowan. Jaden McGowan officially now going to Boston College, as we know. So adding Jared, you know, having Jared Brown and then having another smaller type of receiver is okay. Then you look at, well, what do you do with the other one or two spots? You know, so if you end up getting AHB, Mari Huggins-Bruce, to add with Jared Brown, then let's say you get Gage Lavardane, you would want a fourth portal receiver to probably be in that bigger range, right? But Point is, what what type of receiver are you getting? Are you getting a good, productive player? So, right now, I think the the way I look at it, Wes, I think the most likely, AHB obviously being an in-state guy, Gage Lavardane, seems more likely than not. Like like they've got a really good shot with him. I think you start with those two, and then you kind of expand the board out. And again, Huggins Bryce will be coming on campus here in a couple of days for his official visit. Quarterback, another spot that South Carolina is still looking to add a body at in the transfer portal. We'll get to that in just a moment. But we have flipped over the calendar to a new year in 2024. But as always, you should always be up. Make sure your family is covered with good insurance. Oh, another fantastic segue by you, Tyler. Yeah, got to make sure that you're covered. And you may not spend a lot of time thinking about insurance, sitting around thinking about it, but you should because you want to make sure that you have great coverage at a great price. Name brand insurance with my friend Amy Mason Cup, Amy Mason Cup State Farm, 803-772-5554 is how you can reach her. You can visit her website, amymasoncup.com. She's a South Carolina native. She's a local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized quote to meet your insurance needs, help you save any insurance product, whether it's life insurance, insurance to protect your business, home, auto. She can bundle it up for you, give you a personalized quote, and get you great coverage at a great price. 803 772 5554 amymasoncup.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Who could the potential quarterbacks coming in from the transfer portal be for South Carolina? We'll dive into that coming up. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game in the 107 by the game app. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell along with you. First show of 2024. And as the contact period reopens for the transfer portal, Starting tomorrow, another position South Carolina looking to add another body, of course, is the quarterback room. About two weeks ago, it seemed like a done deal that Agent Swan was going to be added to that room. Of course, he ended up flipping his commitment to LSU at the last minute. So South Carolina is still out there searching for another body to add to that room. And you guys had a post up on Gamecock Central the other day about a couple of potential names that could be on South Carolina's radar, including a new name that just went into the portal um, a couple days ago. Tate Roadmaker, the uh, Florida State quarterback, who, of course, did start the um, uh, championship game a couple weeks ago for them, uh, or excuse me, started the game against Florida a couple weeks ago after Jordan Travis went down with injury, but not the only name on the list, also including Chandler Morris of TCU, as well as Robbie Ashford, kid from uh, Auburn, who is also looking for a new home. But, of course, South Carolina, just looking for uh, more depth more than anything else to add to that room at this point. Yeah, I'll lean on this article from Chris Clark on Gamecock Central assessing portal QB options for the Gamecocks. And, Chris, uh, I mean, I, I think there's some talent on this list, dude. Like, it, you, you do kind of have to, like Tyler said, I don't want to say change your expectations, but but maybe I do want to say that South Carolina never really pursued a K.J. Jefferson, who, by the way, officially committed to UCF over the weekend. That's a great fit, by the way. Oh, he's going to kill it. Going to kill it there. Yeah. Um, great, great get for UCF, but I think a, a great situation for him a, as well. For South Carolina, you know, and, and the days, not not that you'd be able to just do this anyway, but the days of just stacking and being like, um, you know, a transfer portal quarterback is going to just come in just because, um, like the the NIL factor is a is big with all the transfer mm-hmm. guys for the most part speaking in general. So you, you got to kind of factor that in. And I, I think what I've learned most about this during the last few weeks is that South Carolina really does seem to feel that Lenore Sellers is their, their guy. That guy. Yeah. He's that dude. <laughs> if they didn't feel strongly about that, I think they make a strong run at KJ Jefferson. Like I, I, I yeah. think it would have been a no-brainer to make a run. Um, at, at this point, though, you look at you look at these names, and there's some talent on this list, but there's nobody that you look at and say they're just going to come right in and and beat out, uh, you know, Lenoris for for. Now you hope they push, yes, and uh, you know, and, and if they do, they do. But I, I think you you're clearly looking to add. Some some depth here. Although I will say this, Chandler Morris is a very intriguing talent from TCU. He, he's the one I'm most intrigued by, um, and not just because of him as a player, but the fit. Um, this is a guy that I had honestly forgotten. This he beat out Max Duggan, who was a stud. He was them. really really good for TCU. I mean, he was a he was a Heisman contention guy, right? Um, he beat him out preseason, and he had won the the job at TCU the year before. He's just had some injuries that have hampered him. 
And when he came back for TCU last year, Max Duggan was rolling. And so they, they kept kept the thing going. Uh, son of former Arkansas head coach, Clemson OC, Chad Morris. But he's he's done some good things at the college level. He's a talented guy. He has some carryover. He was at Oklahoma when Shane Beamer was at Oklahoma. There's, so there's a little bit of familiarity there. Um, a very intriguing option. I agree with you. And, you know, it's it's kind of a a unique – it's definitely unique and it's kind of a tough position for South Carolina because you're in a spot where there's no doubt you have to add some depth. You know, I mean, it, you're not going to feel great going into next year if you don't add another quarterback who can not just be a body, right, a practice body, somebody who can actually compete and take snaps for you. You want to be in a position where you have another guy added. But you're also, you mentioned the NIL piece, Wes. Well, Shane Beamer pointed out during his signing day press conference, and he's right, that a lot of times these transfer quarterbacks, they want to come in and they want to be assured of a starting spot. You see a lot of that. And so for South Carolina, you have to walk all these different lines. You have to strike the balance of being able to bring in a guy who can compete for you, but a guy who's not going to, who's maybe used to not winning the job, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chandler Morris has been there. He's won a job. He's been injured. He's been on the bench. Like he, he knows what that's like. And if you can find a guy who's good enough to where if you play him, he can play for you and play effectively, but also be a guy that's okay with being a backup if that's what he ends up being. I do kind of wonder what A.J. Swan was thinking watching LSU the other day. Now, maybe first quarter he's thinking, it's a pretty good decision. Looks pretty good here. By the end, he may be thinking, this ain't going to be quite as easy as I thought. 31 for 45, 395 yards, three touchdowns for Garrett Nussmeyer. Who, who would have been, he was a guy that, some people thought he would get in the transfer portal and, and would have had a good market, but he's sticking it out at LSU, and he looks to be the guy there, man. I mean, no, there'll be a competition, but you've got to think. Yeah, that and and man, what a uh, what what a great experience for him though. If you're LSU, like I, um, I think one of the biggest things South Carolina will miss from not going to a bowl game. You know, you talk about those extra practices. Um, I, I don't want to put words in Spencer's mouth, but, uh, you know, if, if South Carolina was playing in Birmingham or something, there's not much to gain for Spencer to go play quarterback if South Carolina had <laughs> six wins. So let, let's just kind of go in a reality where Carolina gets to a bowl and then they're able to let somebody like Lenoris go play and, and get sort of have the experience that, I mean, how valuable is that? For Nussmeyer to kind of say, "Hey guys, I'm I'm the guy now mm-hmm. going into this offseason, going into winter workouts, going into the spring, and and sort of that could have gone two ways. He could have played awful, and then LSU's going, we got a full on open quarterback battle, and they may still frame it up. You know, it's yeah. a quarterback battle, but you certainly took the lead in this race." if you're him, and, and being the leader of this offense. So I, I can't help but think how valuable that could have been for a guy like Sellers to get to just go play in a bowl game like he did. I think the reality is that, um, yeah, gr- great great experience and for Garrett Nussmeyer, as you said. I think the reality is that A.J. Swan, man, I really think probably would have ended up in a similar position at South Carolina or LSU. I think I – think, I think, 
if you're if you're just kind of putting it on paper, he probably would have had an even better shot at LSU. But you knew Garrett Nussmeyer had this ability, this capability, former highly rated guy. And, yeah, it's just one game, right? But it went quite well for him. And that's going to give the LSU coaching staff a lot of confidence in him. I think Swan's one of those guys that, you know, he was a good fit for South Carolina because of, you know, he kind of checked some of those boxes you were looking for, right? Maybe not a definite starter, but a guy who has SEC experience and can do a lot of those things for you. I think, man, now you, you look at what Nussmeyer did yesterday. Swan probably in a similar situation one way or another, I think, because you, you've got to think Nussmeyer's going to be – he's going to enter the spring probably as the number one, even if they don't frame it up that way. Keep an eye on what South Carolina ultimately decides to do as far as quarterbacks in the transfer portal is, again, the contact period reopening tomorrow. We'll come back and wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Have a little bit of fun because I think we saw one of the most unique things ever uh, just a couple days ago in the midst of bowl season. We'll hit on that coming up. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game in the 107.5 The Game app. You just saw the edible mascot. He came out of a toaster, a giant toaster, minutes before kickoff. Can you really put the frosted ones in a toaster, though? Well, here's the sad part of the story. After the game, he will be devoured, he will die, and he will be his own last meal. <laughs> Amazing. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Wes and Chris, along with you for a couple more minutes. That was Steve Levy on ESPN the other day detailing the mascot for the Pop-Tarts Bowl, a gigantic smiling Pop-Tart. Um, Kansas State ends up winning this game 28-19 over NC State. Pretty entertaining game, but that's not what people are talking about. The The aftermath of this game and the uh, a ritual sacrifice, I guess is the best way to describe it, of this live Pop-Tart mascot, they had announced months and months back that it was going to be an edible mascot after the game, and I thought, okay, they're just going to have a giant Pop-Tart that the players can eat after the game. I didn't expect all the pomp and circumstance that we ended up getting with the giant toaster, the smoke, and all this kind of stuff. Hats off to the Kellogg's marketing team because this took over the weekend leading into the college football playoff semifinals of uh, what the not only sports world, but everybody was talking about with this Pop-Tarts Bowl. Yeah, w- well done for them. And it, it's probably one of those things, too, where you're sitting around in a board meeting and somebody says, hey, we should do this, this, and this, and this, and half the room is kind of like, uh, what? And um, it worked out perfectly was just the right amount of just absolute insanity and silliness with a a touch of just, I thought, really well executed as well. When, when they said that the Pop-Tart was going to be eaten, <laughs> I was like, all right, this is going to be weird. Like that, In my mind, I, I didn't sure. know how to conceptualize, like, is is it just going to run up and they're going to start? Like, that? that's yeah. it's just weird. But the way they added the... You know, and, and kudos to whoever the actual mascot is, like playing a part of and throwing the sign as he's going to his death. <laughs> the I mean, to- giant toaster. I mean, that that was so well done. Do we know what kind of pop tart the mascot was? I what think was, it was strawberry. It looked like a strawberry. Strawberry. I think so, because like his mouth opening, you could see like the filling. Yeah, I think it was technically strawberry. Well, I didn't know if it was like cherry or. Do they even have a cherry? I don't think so. They do. They do actually. They have a ch- Tyler, Tyler's. Of a, course, Tyler knows. 
He's also got Pop-Tarts trivia. Is that true? I think I actually have a pack of Pop-Tarts in my boat pack right now. I can't tell you the last time I had a Pop-Tart. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm not a... Does the Pop-Tarts bowl entice you to want one? No. No? So not the in any way whatsoever. Didn't work at all. We have a box at the house. S'mores. Solid That's s'mores flavor. flavor. Yeah. If I were going to have one, I'd definitely go more towards the s'mores than... Would you? Strawberry. Then, yeah. I, see, I would go more towards the fruit flavor. I saw somebody uh, online say that, like, the blueberry was the best. Uh, I lean more towards the fruit flavors. I feel like the chocolate stuff can fi- taste a little more like artificial. Yeah, it tastes it tastes fake. Yes, yeah, all, all natural fruit. Yeah, and the other I'm sure. <laughs> organic. They have tastes, organic pop tarts ma- like chopped ma- strawberries made with zero uh, percent fruit juice. Yes, zero percent fruit as well. I tell you, I did see a take. I don't know who had this, but I think it was Gamecock Twitter. Toaster strudel over. Pop tart. Oh, 100 percent All yes. day. All yeah. day. All day. So that's okay. Toaster Strudel's Pillsbury. That's right. So now they need their own bowl game. It's where they can toast their mascot. Yes. But then you're just copying them. That is true. The toaster the St. Petersburg bowl presented by Toaster How about Strudel. The Columbia Toaster Strudel Bowl. And did you brought s- to you by Firehouse Subs? So <laughs> and 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 yesterday yeah, the citrus bowl, which is now the She's a Citrus Bowl where their mascot was at Prince Chedward, I believe, where he's like, I'm not edible or something to that effect. Or like the live Cheez-It mascot was like, don't eat me. So it's all, it's created its own trend now. But like, you know, we talk about, look, bowl games are exhibitions at the end of the day. And, you know, we have players opting out and stuff like this. So like, I, I appreciate the fact that some of these sponsors are stepping up. Mayo Bowl comes to mind, obviously. Like having fun with it like making it more than what it is you know what i mean like that's that to me is the fun part of bowl season that that to me was probably their answer to what the mayo bowl has done the last couple of years because mm-hmm. i feel like mayo bowl was the first to kind of um go completely all in on what the bowl actually is not not just being a naming right but sure. let, let's do something very memorable mm-hmm. all this stuff is obviously based on trying to go viral sure. on social media and you know, success. I saw Sean Elliott get, I believe, French fries thrown yes, on him for the so, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yeah. What did he think of that? I think he was okay with it. Yeah. I mean, it's like Mac Brown. I can't do a Mac. Do you have a Mac Brown impression, Tyler? Uh, well, I need to work on that. Yeah, work on that. But he was something. Like, they can hit me over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Pretty funny soundbite. No, they have. It seems people have tried to get a little more ridiculous. You did have back in the day the Outback Bowl. They had Ryan Nanny get in the in the uh, Bloomin' Onion yeah. outfit. That was kind of funny, but that was not edible either. I, I'm I'm here for whatever the sponsor of the bowl is yes. getting dumped on the coach's head. So, like, you know, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, like, let's dump some 1099 forms yeah. or W-2s <laughs> on, uh, you know, Dabo's head afterwards, something like that. Let, let, let's go all in and embrace, Hope, embrace this. Hopefully nobody does motor oil, though. Yeah, Ooh, sure. motor oiled on your head. And getting a quart of pins oil dumped on you <laughs> after winning a bowl game. What would be the best for this? Oh, man. Mayo's pretty good. May- yeah, that's... Mayo's... That's hard to beat. I can't imagine what... You, I can't imagine what Beamer smelled like after that game. I'd like to do a Hidden Valley one, because I would like... I would jump in a vat of ranch Get or some, have it poured on some me. some carrots and celery on standby. <laughs> some hot wings. Help clean it up a little bit. 
That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Rolling solo myself for the halftime show today from 12 to 3 coming up next here on the game in the 107.5 The Game app. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.